0: All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 360 Sports Show. Coming to you live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. We are live every Sunday beginning at 11 a.m. Here through Restream and broadcast to all of our platforms. If you can't catch the show live, you can catch the show as a podcast. We put it out every afternoon. You can just search for the 360 Sports Show on your favorite podcasting platform, and uh, it should pop right up. One note. We have been hosting the show on SoundCloud for the podcast. We have now moved to Sounder FM. So if you go to our website, uh, you can click on the pod- podcast archive. That'll bring you to uh, all the past episodes of the show. Now hosted on Sounder FM. If you're, uh, I know we have a few loyal listeners who use SoundCloud. So if you've been using SoundCloud, make the switch over to Sounder, or just. Subscribe through a regular podcast app and you can find us. So made a switch there was the right move for us and we're, we're happy with it. So just wanted to make sure everybody knew about that. Uh, if you'd like to email us throughout the show, it is the360sportshow at gmail.com. You can also drop in your comments, questions, concerns uh, in the chat function of whichever platform you're choosing to watch us through. And uh, yeah, so away we go. I'm Andrew Pizzelli. He's Christian Lauber. And uh, Christian, I guess right off the bat, we're going to do the most important business first, which is how many days do we have left here in 2020?
1: Well, thankfully, we're down to 60. A couple more weeks, we'll be below that 50 uh, 50 mark, which is good. Unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: First day of November, November 1st here yeah, on the program. And I, I'll say this, it feels like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels like December 1st.
0: We uh, we had a little uh, Halloween soiree, just a small group of friends. Uh, only six, we were below the, the the, state mandate, I think it's ten now is what uh, we had to roll back to. but uh, Six people actually, we did have seven at one point, but outside, socially distant, we watched some Halloween movies on Hulu, little short ones, five minutes, so... Uh, it's still possible to hang out in groups of people. You just gotta just gotta bundle up now. Little extra, little extra bundles for for.
1: That's everybody. for sure. Yeah, we're already to that like forty degree weather. So,
0: um, on the note of trick or treating, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, everyone got tricked. Uh, in game six of the World Series, <laughs> we thought the way that game was going that we were gonna have uh, a great game. We we're gonna watch maybe one of the all time great pitching performances, and instead we were robbed of that. By Kevin Cash. So we're gonna start with the World Series, and I guess yes, the Dodgers won. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Uh, mm. Them winning, them winning the World Series is not the story. It is not the story at all. There's, it's it's been surpassed by two things: um, the decision by Cash to pull Snell early, um, and we can get into the horrible decision-making of that and what's wrong with sports and baseball. Um, and then there's the fact that Justin Turner, we had a mid game COVID positive test. Um, and he was asked to leave the game and not come back. And oh, then he's on the field celebrating with everybody. Um, so those are the two things, mid game COVID positive tests. (laughs) And one of the maybe worst heartless, mindless coaching decisions I've ever seen, uh, in my life, um, Christian, your thoughts first on the uh, on the Kevin Cash decision to remove Snell after he had pitched. Let's see here, he had
1: thrown 70,
0: 73. Th- 73 pitches with two
1: hits in five and a third. Yeah, two, two hits, uh, and one run, nine strikeouts. I mean, like, let's be real, when you watch the game, uh, which I did not watch it through and through, I can't, but uh, Nine K's in five and a third innings. That's three of those five innings were just all strikeouts. And he was absolutely dealing. And you could see that with your two eyeballs, right? But then there's this like you know, nerd up in the box that says, uh, don't let him get to the third time through with the top of the order coming up here. Uh, you can't let him pitch to these guys three times, which is just it's just one of those things where Yes, I agree in in some respect that analytics uh, are needed, and and they do help uh, some of the time. This was not one of them. If you just do the eye test, uh, which is more important in the World Series, let's not forget this is the World Series. Uh, Yeah, yeah, if you just do the eye test, he's just absolutely mowing the Dodgers down at that point. He gave up one hit, right? So if if the bases were loaded or something and he had given up a hit, uh, maybe maybe uh you decide okay this is it but he gave up one hit and you pull him when for most of the night he's dealing it's just one of those things where you just you have to you have to take out analytics for this period of time and just say okay maybe we'll give him a short leash uh, leash after that one hit uh but you cannot pull him in that situation it's just dumb it's just because okay, here comes Betts. This is the third time through. Uh let's get him out. He was already warm. The guy was in the bullpen was already warming. Yeah. And yeah, it's just uh Why even let him go out mindless. for the
0: for that inning then? That's what I don't get. It's like you're going to what? Let the guy throw to two more guys and then and then pull him like and then potentially be bringing in the reliever in a bad situation like just from a baseball like if you even if you want to trust those analytics and say we don't want him to face those guys again. Like let the next guy come in with a clean inning. Like that's yeah. that's that's what's but again, that's uh that's just I don't know, common baseball practice. Um, which I well, guess Well the other I... thing
1: is he brought he brought in a guy that had a nine ERA and <laughs> gave up multiple hits runs in every series that they played in. <laughs> yeah, no. So you take out the guy that's dealing for a guy that's notoriously this postseason has absolutely not been good. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. No, it's and I spoke to a lot of people. Uh, baseball coaches uh, baseball fans uh, coaches of other sports where analytics are becoming a big part of it like basketball and I was actually kind of surprised to learn about the way analytics are getting into hockey now too um, and everybody kind of said the same thing analytics are good we like we like analytics it the more information I have the better you know it, it helps it helps to have that information it helps you make decisions that was the emphasis. The information helps you, the coach, manager, make a decision, not be beholden to the information, and the information is making the decisions for you. Yeah. And that, and and it's like the whole Moneyball thing and these analytics for baseball, and because baseball is where it's at, it's it's always been a stat-driven sport, and this is where it's at. It's extreme now, and it's its application. It's good for you know small market teams, even a big market team. You want to spend your money wisely. Build a team in a certain way. You want to manage your team throughout the course of a regular season. You know, hey, listen, we're not going to let you go more than like six innings, or seven innings, no matter what. We're all, we're, just, we're just managing you because uh, because we got the analytics, but also, you know, physica- physical things. That's fine. When you get to game, you manage to get to the World Series to win yeah. the World Series. You're in game six of the World Series. Now, granted, the Rays... I think kind of did this to themselves because they had a chance to be up by more than just one run. They had tons of chances early in the game. And I said, this usually will always come back to bite you. You know, when you have tons of chances with like one out, uh, you know, in, in runners and scoring position in a world series, you gotta, you gotta capitalize on those. Cause it's, or else it's going to come yeah. back and bite you. And it did. And so, you know, would they have not given up those three runs? You know, could they have won that game? one nothing doubtful, but we won't know. You, you robbed us and you robbed Snell of the opportunity to have what, what sports is about. It's it's unscripted drama. You know, that kid's dealing. You got to that point. That's what you, you manage for. And you say, you know what? He I'm going to use my brain here. He is lights out. And not only is he lights out, he's lights out against their best guys. I don't care that yeah. they're coming back up for a third time. Mookie Betts, one, struggles with lefties to begin with and couldn't touch, could not touch Snell. That top of the order could not touch him. And what do they do? Nah, eh, we're gonna bring in we're gonna bring in a righty, like you said, a guy who's got nine a nine ERA. And the Dodgers talked about it afterwards. You know, they were like, it gave us oh, life. The, the, it gave yeah, us the, life.
1: The other thing was that top of the order. I'm pretty sure. I I think I have this right. Against Snell in that game, they were 0 of six with six Ks. Yeah. Just think of that. 0 of six, six Ks, and he he just rips them out from the game. But but the problem here is that. The decision to pull Snell was already predetermined yeah right it was predetermined by the analytical part of baseball it wasn't Kevin Cash saying okay if he gives up a hit here uh we'll think about it we might pull him we might not no it was predetermined he gives up the hit once that top of the order comes up we're, we're taking him out that's it
0: yeah and what's worse is like the tying run it wasn't even like the Dodgers hey it was a good hit that's a wild pitch. is a pitch. Yeah. You know, what could be, as soon as that move was made and they were bringing Anderson in, I was like, oh boy, I know where this is going. But this is the baseball God seeking retribution. Oh, you're going to do this? You're going to take this guy out when he's having a phenomenal game? And like, this is what we, this is what makes postseason baseball great is a guy. Imagine, you know, I'm trying to think of other great instances in baseball, but like imagine like Curt Schilling, right? Imagine like fifth yeah. inning, you know, Curt Schilling, bloody sock game. Nah, Curt, Sorry come You're out done. Yep. like th- then that game doesn't have the same mm-hmm. one they the Sox lose and two that game yeah. just loses loses its meaning like this is that's what you play for now i don't feel too bad I-, I feel bad for snell because like as a competitor as an athlete who knows if you'll ever get a chance to pitch in a world series again like that could have been his moment and you took that away and you could see that on his face uh when he was coming off the field um and so i mean the rays get what they deserve I think it's a fireable offense, honestly, and he- and here's why: not just because of what it cost you, you know, potentially, you know, getting to a game seven of the World Series, maybe winning the World Series. You'll never know because you didn't let it play out. Um, why this decision now in the fallout will taint cash? How is he going to make a good decision now in the future? Is he going to be thinking? You know, does the front office want him to be beholden to stats? But now he's going to be like, "Well, I made this bad decision last time. Now I am going to make a decision with with my head and my heart and what I see out there on the field." And yeah. is that and is that not what they want? Or is he going to over, start overthinking? You know, it's like the whole Pete Carroll, let's let's pass on the goal line, uh, and now that he overthinks every single critical you know down and distance situation sense. Um, yeah. And since you don't need the manager, clearly, if you don't need somebody who's actually going to know and understand sports and baseball and reading a field and understanding players, it's a game played by people. Uh, if you don't need somebody to do that, then why do you even have a manager? Fire the manager and just let the computer make all the decisions. Hire an intern to sit there with the iPad and, and find out what the what the algorithm says. fireball yeah. offense, in, in my opinion.
1: I, I don't necessarily agree because uh, this is what every team is doing. So, I mean, let's not let's not trick ourselves into thinking the Dodgers don't do the same thing. Oh, that's they, true. They pulled a freaking bullpen game in game 6 of the World Series. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. So, it's like They're just
1: as I mean, bad. Yeah, it wasn't as egregious because it wasn't as noticeable like this guy's dealing, we're going to pull him and then give up 3 runs and lose the World Series. It was more uh they just threw a guy in there for two innings at a time in game 6. They all all these teams do it. So, I mean, you made it to the World Series, and you made a stupid decision. I mean, he stood by it, I believe, after the game. Uh, somehow, I don't really understand it. Uh, at that point in time, I mean, look, at this point in time in baseball, it's like this is where the game loses me a bit is because it's just too much. It's too egregious. Like, you can use some of the analytics. That's fine. Like, uh, this guy hits it almost all the time. He pulls the ball down the right, into right field. So we're going to shift or whatever. Sure. Uh, I think some of the shifting now is stupid, but it's insane. It's like,
0: Everyone yeah. was on the right side of the field. I was like, I'd bunt. There's no one for like yeah. 200 feet on the left side of the field. Bunt. You could probably get to second before anybody gets the ball. I know.
1: Triple. <laughs> in Inside the infield, triple. <laughs> it's just, it, it's kind of mind blowing, but all this is both teams, it's analytics. And so Kevin Cash, you know, made the decision to pull him. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I truly believe that that's what they're telling him to do. It's predetermined. Don't let this guy go three times through, through the lineup. Even, you know, as dumb as it is when they're yeah. always six for six strikeouts, it just makes no sense. I
0: hope, I hope it's a moment though. That'll make, cause baseball's like we said, is the worst offender of this. I just hope it will make everybody kind of pause, take stock and say, okay, have we gone too far with the reliance on the analytics stuff? Not having you know, make letting it make the decisions. Because the outcry came from all sides. I mean, people across yeah. sports, uh, across baseball, everybody former players, current players, coaches, managers, GM, I mean, everywhere. I mean, I saw things coming in from all walks of the athletic sports world. What are we doing? Is this, yeah. Is this what we want? Like the point uh whether it's little league up to that level the world series it's let them play just let them let let the guys Definitely. play let let the boys let boys play let men play. Like, just let them play let let it play out let's see what happens um so unfortunately we were robbed of what and, and Snell was robbed of what could have been uh one of the all-time greatest pitching performances uh in postseason history if he threw a, you know a one nothing game uh complete game and uh, and they forced Game 7. Now, what would have been really interesting if there had been a Game 7, when would it have been played? It was scheduled for the next night, days. but with this Justin Turner news, who knows when the game would have happened um, if they would have had to have waited, uh, and then who does that benefit? Could they have thrown Snell again? <laughs> yeah. um, so... What happened for those that don't know? Evidently, Justin Turner got—they were all—it was supposed to be a bubble, uh, and he was. Everybody was tested. His test came back inconclusive, so they ran it again. But they let him play in the game. So it's like the sixth inning, and somebody buzzes down. Um, you gotta take uh, you gotta take Justin Turner out. Uh, bring him to the clubhouse. He's uh, yeah, he's positive. What? Is, is that, are you sure it's not a false positive? No, we, we ran it like twice. It's, it's positive. Gotta Get him out. And all of a sudden you could see all the Dodgers players suddenly got masks on. They got masks on while they're on the field. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, that's odd. And then, and then the news breaks on Twitter, you know, Oh, Justin Turner has tested positive. It's like in the middle of the game. How does that yeah. even happen? Um, so many questions. How did he get it to begin with? They were supposed to be in a bubble. Their friend, friends, family, coach, everybody's supposed to be locked, locked, sealed in, uh, allegedly. Um, and then the other part is that he came back onto the field for the celebration. And evidently, I'll give the MLB credit. They said that they did try to stop him. Yeah. They told him to go Ugh. back. Security wanted, tried to get him off the field. And he refused to comply. Um, which, you know what? What an a-hole. Like I'm sorry, I get it. You won the World Series. The, you know he's probably retiring. Like this is your moment, your la- You know your 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 chance to celebrate. But he took his mask off too. It's like yeah. it's insane. Like he yeah. comes back out onto the field. He's kissing his wife. He's like high fiving, hugging teammates. Like if I was a teammate, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'd be. But I'd be like, yo, dude, aren't you like get away? Like what? No! Don't come near me. I gotta go Justy. home to my my wife and kids. He's sitting in the championship photo next to Dave Roberts. Who again? Again, like we've said, like the Dodgers are just as bad. He is a, a worse manager. Uh, like, like the other way, trying to make too many decisions. Um yeah. But he, he's a cancer survivor. He's an older guy. You're sitting next to him with your mask off. What? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that, that's insane. The, it, that's the thing, right? Turner might not be worried, and even even his teammates, right? They went into this whole season, you know, guys who didn't opt out knew that they would, you know, come up, pop up positive, possibly, right? But everybody's family is there, the coach is there, the coach's families and everybody. You're going home right after this, so it's just kind of like, dude, like, what are we doing here? Like, you can go out if you want to go out there, at least keep the precaution of. Keep your mask on. Yeah. Stay a little bit further away than maybe you normally would. And you know what? At the end of the day, if that's what you want to do, you're out in the – I don't know if that's a dome or not down there, but there's there's you know enough airflow, hopefully, in that yeah. stadium that, like, if you're socially distant to have your mask on, chances are you're not going to get – he takes his mask down, and then he's spitting in Robert's face. It's just like
0: – Yeah, When you know you're positive. It'd be one thing if we said this, like, wow, look at these guys celebrating, blah, 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 no mask, no nothing but it's like oh well you know they're in like we didn't say that about the NBA because they were in a bubble. Everybody was yeah. being tested frequently. You know you're positive. Like you know. <laughs> you are positive. You have coronavirus yeah. and just not Goes through all the stop signs. Uh so I mean they said MLB put out a thing, uh, a statement that they did try to stop him. They're they're looking into discipline. Again, Turner might retire. He's kind of at the end of the line here. I think he's a free agent. So, you know, they, if they opt to suspend him, he would just might be like, and whatever and, and and retire uh, early. um, If he wasn't already thinking about it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the punishment is. Now it held up everybody. I I don't know. Have they left yet? Uh, I know know, know. it, it held up the traveling party for both teams. Couldn't leave because <laughs> they all had to stay yep. and immediately go into quarantine and be tested. Imagine being like, imagine being, uh, you know, another player on the Rays and like you can't go home now because uh you can't go home or like you and your family can't go home. Like your wife wants to go home and, you know, you can't because Justin Turner decided to wear not wear a mask and come back out onto the field. Yeah. In the middle of a championship ceremony and during the game too. Like he came back to the bench before the game was even over. <clears throat> so it's it's just bizarre. I want to know how he got it. Like that's important to know. Did did he sneak off and like breach the bubble protocol or did it like sneak in on, you know, on an envelope, you know? How how did he get sick? That's a very important thing to figure out. Yeah. Because we've all said Hey, the bubble is how we do it. NBA and NHL did it perfectly—zero cases inside the bubble, so they did it and it worked. Now, granted, baseball trying to hodgepodge a bubble at the last second—maybe this is what you get. Right? You were lucky that you you only got this one case and it was at the very end. Um, who knows? Um, but that's important yeah. to figure out. You know, if he just ran off to a club, then we we can write it off and say, "All right, well, it was his actions." If he got it. Just accidentally in the bubble. It's not yeah. good for baseball.
1: No, it's definitely not. And obviously, you take a look at that for other sports as well. Like, uh, now I will say, one case at the end is better than you know a whole bunch of them throughout the whole thing, because uh, you can see when you're disciplined, like the NBA and the NHL are, you can see that it works. Um, so hopefully, this doesn't dissuade anybody from now. Like, oh, there was one case, so. No more bubble. Like the bubble clearly works. It's just it it would it would be important to find out where he you know got it from. Uh, My guess is it was on him, not some you know just the way it spreads. Supposedly is you know person to person more so than like say on a package or something like that. Yeah. Um, Now there's some bad luck. You can have some bad luck, but uh, it would be very important to find out how he got it and. Judging by the way he reacted after he was positive, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna jump to any conclusions. But m- my guess is uh, he probably, he probably got it from uh, something on his end rather than like a package or something. That
0: you know, I was just thinking that too. Like, if a guy who knows he's positive isn't thinking about caring about wearing his mask, the dude probably isn't yeah. caring much about it to begin with. He's probably, you know, not washing his hands not wearing a mask around other people. Yeah. Um, so,
1: <laughs> case you can of point, it in it, yeah.
0: this is what happens. <laughs> this is why, can we just, guys, this is like, I speak to the American people right now. Can we just wear a mask, please?
1: Yeah.
0: We all have been complaining about not wearing, you know, people complaining about wearing masks. I, great, uh, on uh, the talk show I do for Salve, Seahawk Talk, we talked to uh, Bill Villarreal, who's our, uh, assistant athletic director, and he's uh, a former, uh you know, uh, he was in the Navy, has uh, served all over the place in the Pacific. And he talked about, he like, if I can wear a mask in like combat for days, you can wear a mask for 10 minutes to go into a supermarket. Yeah. And I was like, that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> like, you know, uh if, if I can wear, you know, and I, uh, other friends who have like served in Afghanistan, if I can wear a mask in the desert in like 120 degree heat for multiple days in a row, you can, you can wear a mask in. If we all just shut up and stopped complaining and wore masks from the get-go, maybe we would be like other places where they like haven't place. There's some countries, Christian, that haven't had a single domestic case in months. Yeah.
1: M- months. You see, this, this comes with compliance.
0: Not to spiral out of control of coronavirus stuff, but it's just insane because when that's happening – and it ties directly into this. Like Justin Turner is like the representation of what's going on right now. Yeah, you're positive yeah. and not wearing a mask. You're the that's what's happening. We just had a hundred thousand cases in a day, yesterday.
1: Just just listen to the just listen to the science and the you know the medical professionals of it, and and we'd be good. So,
0: anyway, uh, that's our World Series breakdown. The Dodgers won. Yay! Congrats for them.
1: Uh, I'm sure one we can talk- one more point. One more point, though. Can we take a vote on if Rob Manfred was drunk in his post game?
0: I think so. This is the reason right now why I'm not—I think I'm not hearing myself in my headphones—is because when you he- listen to yourself talking, that can happen. You can start like if you hear yourself on that like little half second, you can't stop to talk. Right? That's what happens. Now, normally, what you would do in that case because he did have an earpiece. Normally they don't. I think maybe probably, probably in this situation because everybody's distance and remote, they you know didn't have an on site producer right there. They just had it in his ear. But yeah, dude, pull it off. <laughs> just take take the earpiece out. Instead he tried to like fight through it. That's what I think was happening. I, I I'd I'd imagine that's what's happening. Or maybe, you know, he saw a mid game coronavirus positive test pop up and he was just like all right, now, now she goes.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I think, you know, once the Dodgers took the lead, I think he just started throwing them back, that they were going to get this season in, it was going to be done, and this positive case wasn't going to turn into anything more than, you know, this singular thing, and I think he was just like, you know what, we're getting some some Jack Daniels and Coke, and we're just going ham, and then, you know, I'll do the post game. it's fine.
0: <laughs> I hope it was that he was on delay. Now, I'd love it if he was just hammered. I loved, too, how <laughs> oh, the crowd there, they booed him. So yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, that's where I thought the one thing the NHL screwed up is they should have piped in some booze for uh, yeah for, for Batman ben, yeah uh, just because you know come on it's a tradition like the way they piped in booze during the draft for uh, Roger Goodell I was like you know yeah. what you've won some, you've won me some Bravo. points you at least acknowledge that you're not liked and and you played to it. And now he he granted kind of did a little bit more, of a, like bring it, bring it. It's like really, yeah. really come it's on, don't no, no, don't go too far, Raj. Um, but yeah, that was that that was a, that was another funny. Like I turned the game off and then I started seeing like the tweets about that. Like is Gary Bettman or not Gary as uh, uh, Rob Manfred drunk? I was like, oh, gotta switch this back on. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we will talk probably further down the line because the baseball off is going to come right away. and We'll talk about can the Dodgers repeat and more we could talk more about the Dodgers another time this was the, the headlines on the story had nothing to do with the Dodgers winning um uh more broadly though about baseball uh the analytics stuff we've talked about how it's ruining the viewership of the sport like what makes the sport worth watching they lost 3 billion dollars this year yeah um are they going to be the sport that is most damaged because of covid-19
1: Yes, probably because they, you know, they're declining anyway, and you know, then this all this hit, and everything on top of you know one thing on top of the other, it's like you just get this this sandwich of just you're gonna get pushed down the uh, down the pipe, and uh, it's it's kind of sucks, but also they need to change the game in some way, so maybe it will um, enhance their efforts to change the game because. I mean, look, you see, you know, just replays. I, You know, I just go back and watch Pedro Martinez highlights. Those games were just, you know, two hours and, and you're out of there, right? The guy gets on the mound and he mows people down and he gets – he's not picking his nose. He's not stepping off. He's not worried about anything else He's other, other than pitching and same with the batters. Get in the box, stay in the box, and you'll be fine. But it's just – the game before COVID was not in a great place, and now after – they're going to take an even bigger hit. So hopefully, uh, it will be motivation even even further to kind of change the game and, and bring people back. Because right now, uh, it, it, you know, there's a lot of old timers that will pick baseball over hockey or anything. But for me, it's number it's it might be number five. Honestly, I think yeah. I'd rather watch tennis or golf than, than baseball at this point.
0: I think I think financially they're going to be the most uh, damaged. I think no because yeah. because people already weren't watching uh ratings were precipitously down every ratings were so bad for baseball that youtube tv dropped nesson yeah (laughs) (laughs) they were like nobody is it's not it it, like it wasn't worth their while to keep nesson on youtube tv that's how bad the ratings were YouTube TV, which is taking on everything, you could get a free trial of Cinemax right now on YouTube TV if you wanted. And instead, they're uh, they're booting Nesson. Uh So that's how bad the ratings were. People already weren't watching. Uh, I think um, the money. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with free agents. What's go- what's going to happen when there's another fight this off season? When like you have all these guys holding out for their three hundred million dollars? Yeah. uh When there's more people unemployed. I, th- I think the, the the fight you see, and people already were sick of like the millionaires versus billionaires in baseball, the fight. I think people were oh. really going to not want to stomach that this offseason, especially. And I just think, like you said, who wants to watch a game where you don't even get to see the best players play or go yeah, at exactly. each other? Who would watch? If, if the NBA finals, if LeBron James and Jimmy Butler were taken out, of, like, the final five minutes of the NBA finals, people would start tuning out. People already... The NBA tried to get ahead of the whole, you know, load management thing because they were getting really angry because they were primetime games. They build the matchups, this team versus this team. And it's like, eh, it's the regular season. We're going to rest all our stars. And people yeah. have paid a lot of money at the gate to come see, you know, LeBron play Kawhi. And, yeah, both of those guys sit. They tried to nip that in the butt quick. Because... Um, They know people want to see players play. It's like – I remember back in – I think it was like 2012, 2011. The NBA started to get really, really ticky-tack about uh, the delay of game thing with like the ball. Like if you dunked the ball or – and if you touched it after it came through the rim, you know, like tried to hand it to the official, uh, it was a technical. Um, And I remember late in – it was like the first five minutes of a Celtics-Knicks game. You know, and it was, like, the game after the, uh, the uh, Honey Nut Cheerios incident with uh, KG and Mello. Yeah. Uh, so, everybody was really up. The Knicks were good that year. Um, and so, everybody was all excited for this Celtics-Knicks matchup. And, like, in the first three minutes, Kevin Garnett dunked the ball, and he, like, grabbed it and then, like, handed it to the official. The official teed him up, and Garnett, like, turned around and said, like, what? That's a tee? And then teed him up again for complaining about it and tossed him in the first... For doing literally just handing the official the ball, and people are saying, "What yeah. are we doing? We paid. We wanted to see Kevin Garnett play in this game. What are you doing?" It's the same thing. Like that's what's going to ruin baseball if you don't get to see, you know, part of the allure is like watching a pitcher go a, a complete game, pitching. A, imagine, imagine if Blake Snell had a perfect game going, would he have gotten pulled? I think so. I think he might he, have, Yeah, he probably would have gotten pulled with a perfect game. Who, who wants to, who wants to watch a sport where that happens?
1: Nobody. That's kind of why they're down the tubes.
0: Nobody wanted it. So they're going to continue to suffer. And especially if they're going up against basketball in the, in the spring and summer again next year, you know, and the NBA is trying to, you know, negotiate. Do they start Christmas day? Did they start, uh, later than that? And we'll, we'll get to some of the NBA notes here in a little bit, but, um, it's not going to I I I, just, I don't see how it gets better for baseball anytime soon. I think they really need to bottom out um with viewership and I think there has to be a realignment of finances. We've talked about this. There needs to be an incentive for winning. Right now you're yeah. incentivized to lose, right? Uh so I think until that changes, until there's a cap in that sport and until there's you know, we talk about revenue sharing, <laughs> The revenue's drying up. So they have oh, to yeah. make and the thing is, the way you know, at least hopefully they know they need to change, is when you get the like old timey like the, the people who are like the stewards of the game, like the Peter Gammon's of the world coming out after the World Series and saying something yep. needs to change. When those guys are saying something needs to change, that's how you know. When the dinosaurs are telling the old timers, yeah, we gotta change the game. That's when you should listen and change the game. So I I think as of right now, now we'll we'll see what could happen with the NFL um, if they're able to get a uh, playoffs and a Super Bowl. You know what happens if they have to have a Super Bowl with no fans? You know how much money does the NFL lose uh, throughout this whole season? We'll, we'll find out. Uh, but as of right now, people will still watch football no matter what. Baseball going on the downturn big time. So. That's uh, I'd say that's that, that about does it for our for our baseball talk doom and gloom. Yeah. If you're a baseball fan, doom and gloom. Uh, wanted to hit quickly on a, on a hockey note. Um, Doc Emmerich, uh, the voice of hockey for for yeah. NBC, uh, retiring. And I guess I I don't know if this was something that was talked about, whether it was in the works already. I kind of feel bad I didn't try to watch more of the Stanley Cup final. Um, cause I love doc Emmerich. I mean, he, his, Oh yeah. His passion and enthusiasm and excitement for the game is what really resonates with me, uh, as an aspiring broadcaster, especially a hockey broadcaster. And it's something that we talked about Greg K with this, uh, or talked to Greg K about this last week, all the professional broadcasters talking about, Oh, how are you going to call a game with no fans? It's going to be hard. It's like you never did like a, field hockey game on a rainy Tuesday night. Like I'm you not. have, you have to bring that energy. I had no doubts about the ability of doc Emmerich to bring the energy, uh, at any point in his career. And especially in, uh, broadcasting remotely in a bubble. Um, he, he, was the reason why their playoffs felt legitimate because even though they were pumping in some noise, um, his energy made you feel – you you could watch a game that was just like a Wednesday night in February, and you might think it was the Stanley Cup final. Like, he's <laughs> so into it. Um, and the same – and it's not over the top. It's not like Gus Johnson, like, ah, going crazy. He's just on the money with it. Um, and same deal. When you get to the playoffs, there's just like – there's just something about when you hear him calling a game, you just feel like, oh, this is an important game. This game's got to be important. Um, so it's um, – it's, you know – I'll miss hearing his voice on broadcasts. Um, I, I always loved his insights on the game, uh, his creativity. You know, the time he used like sixty different words to describe a pass. <laughs> I mean,
1: Doc, Doc Emmerich soundboard is one of the greatest things. Go, just go Google it, and you'll find all kinds of things.
0: Uh, so you know, it's it's uh, you know, unfortunate that he's retiring. Though I get it. We saw the way it probably took something out of him. He was probably already thinking about it, you know, kind of coming the last couple of years. He was still for a long time uh, doing the national slate of games and then doing – he was the play-by-play guy for the Devils. Um, And then he he retired from that, which had been his, his original gig, and it was just doing exclusively the national stuff. So he was probably already planning maybe a year, maybe two. I bet because of COVID and it, it probably took some of the enjoyment out of it for him to call games the way he had to call them. Uh, he basically set up a studio like we have here. <laughs> you know. He had multiple monitors and he was multiple little, you know. he had his stats and everything. He tried to do it as close to normal as possible from his study. Um, and they pulled it off. It was amazing. I mean, he was great. Oh, yeah. The broadcasts were awesome. It, you, it didn't miss a beat, but I bet the prospect of, Doing a whole regular season like that again, probably and maybe some of the fun is taken out of it. And I think for him, maybe he knew he was ready to walk away. Didn't want to like not give the fans a playoff run. I'm I'm really appreciative that we did get him calling those those last games. Um, So he kind of gets to walk off into the sunset. Um, It's a really great video. We should we should tweet it out at 360 Sports Show on. Twitter. Uh we'll we'll tweet this out. Uh I'm sure we maybe already did retweet it, but he put out a little 5 minute uh little kind of goodbye to hockey and about the things he'll miss. Uh yeah. and he always showed and it's weird. We've talked about this before. Hockey has this reverence for the Stanley Cup. As a hockey fan too, I get it. I always like I love watching the trophy presentation whether or not it's my team or somebody else's team. Like you stick around to watch that because it's there's just something mythical and like you still get I I get like it's like little goosebumps when they're carrying out the trophy uh those guys with the white gloves <laughs> and and presenting the trophy cuz it's the coolest trophy in all of sports. Um so that's one of the things he talked about missing. Um and we'll miss him. So I don't know, they haven't said who's going to replace him. I don't I don't know who will be the new hockey guy. Uh they will pale in comparison unless they rip Dave Gosher away from the golden Knights and can get him to come do national games. Cause Dave Gosher is also phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Gosher is really good too. I mean, one thing I'll say about doc is he's very, he's kind of the voice of hockey, but in all of professional sports, he's gotta be, he might be my favorite out of any sport that I listen to. Um, and just because you like his voice is just, it's just so recognizable. And it's like, If you're sitting down on like a Sunday to watch, you know, January 1, you're sitting down to watch the Winter Classic. You expect it to be Doc Emmerich, and that's it. Same with the Stanley Cup. Every time I turn it on, I expect to hear his voice. So it's going to be weird. Uh, But he did it for almost 40 years, and he called like, you know, 13, 14 cups and uh, just an insane career and, uh, you know, one of the best going out. But uh, hopefully uh, it's, it's, you know, they replace him with someone that uh, is of that stature. But Obviously, you can't you can't get to that level. So tough
0: ask. What yeah. I like too, and you brought it up. He calls the game. So many guys on TV they don't call the game. They're just kind of like moderating <laughs> them and their the, the analysts. They don't really call the game. He called the game. I could close my eyes and just listen to him call, yeah. and that's enjoyable. You know, there's there's not a lot of guys that still do that in uh, on television. Uh, you know, the radio style, um, and even some of the guys on the radio don't don't really call the game. You know, uh, it's, it's the it's loss. That's why I love guys like doc. Sean Grandy for the Celtics is great at that. I can just very good, yeah. close, close my eyes and, and hear the game and they efficiently give you a lot of detail. They don't, they don't always, oh, sometimes Kevin Harlan goes a little overboard. He's I like, love tell, I love Kevin Harlan, but it's like, dude, I don't need to know like what kind of cross stitch is used on the guy's belt. You know, like give me, just call a little bit more of the game and, and we don't need as much detail. Um, but he's the guy that when he does it for radio uh, and when he does it for TV, he, he, they call the game. Uh, they don't just kind of – that's why I always hated when they would have, like, um, the players-only nights on, on MB, uh, for NBA. Yeah. And, you know, some of those guys, amazing analysts, not play-by-play guys. Absolutely. No, it's
1: great because, you know, I remember one of those games. I think Marcus Morris hit a game-winner for yep. the Celtics, and all you hear is,
0: Morris for three. Oh, no, they didn't, even, they, yeah, they they didn't even say even, Morris for three.
1: They didn't call it. Yeah.
0: It was like there was a, sh- a missed shot, a scramble for a rebound, and all it was like, Rogier, Morris, he. Oh, it's like. Yeah. That was just an it's epic. Like a that fan. Was, it's that like was, a fan calling it. That was one of those games where it's like the Celtics were down like nine with like 30 seconds to go, and like uh, the Thunder just. uh Carmelo missed like four free throws and like. It was just, yeah. like, this epic collapse. Um, and, yeah, you got, like, no no call for it no whatsoever. No energy. N- yeah. Nothing. Um, so, yeah. So that's our note on, on Doc Emmerich, the ho- you know, in, in hockey. Uh, that was a couple weeks ago. We just hadn't gotten to it, but I wanted to make sure we touched on that. Um, if you have uh, – Thoughts or comments, uh, you can drop those in the uh, in the chat section of the show. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch every Sunday starting at eleven, uh, and then we also put out the show as a podcast afterwards. You can subscribe to that on your favorite podcasting platform or through Sounder FM. We have transitioned away from SoundCloud. And we're now on Sounder FM for the podcast version of the show. You can always email the show, the360sportsshow at gmail.com. You can email that right now or throughout the week if you want to send us stuff to get to um, on the show. So we're going to move now to some NBA notes. Um, I think we've discussed uh, NBA. eh, They're they're trying to work out the kinks for uh, their season. Uh, LeBron, I guess, has said that uh, if they want to start on Christmas Day, he ain't playing. And uh, here's where I come down on that. Do I think him saying that is uh, – does he mean it? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. LeBron's a very good politician. He knows that if he says he's not playing, other guys will fall in line, and then the players yep. will get what they want. They'll get a concession. Listen – we're going to start on Christmas Day, but maybe instead of 62 games, we only play 55 and we start on Christmas Day, but then we all get like three days off and then we play three days after that and then you start to stagger a schedule and make it kind of more of a transition into the season. Whatever it is, whatever the concession is going to be, whatever the players are going to want, they're going to get. But I believe they're starting Christmas Day. They have to. There's the, the Then you're going to have cba labor disputes all over again yeah uh which i don't think they want uh there's a lot of money at stake because um, playing christmas day is huge for the nba uh and they've wanted to have their season start then for a long time so will they start christmas day yes will lebron be playing yes are the players going to get something out of it because lebron said that he won't play absolutely
1: yeah i mean They already said, I think if they start where the players have have spoken up about, which is like January timeframe, they're going to, they might have to condense it to like 50 something games. Are the players going to want to lose all that money that comes from those extra 20, 30 games? Uh, I'm not so sure of that yet. Uh, Now, obviously in the next couple of months, we'll see where we're at with all this COVID stuff and and what the situation is. That's another big if. Um, But I think, you know, The timetable says Christmas day. I would think they're going to start right around there because I think the players number one are going to want to play, uh, in these games and they're going to want the money that comes with it. Um, obviously some guys won't, so everybody's different, but guys like LeBron and them, they're going to really want to leave millions of dollars on the table, especially for, you know, the the bench guys, they want to lose out on all that money that they get when they have a lower salary. I don't think so. So, uh, I think there could be some disagreements here, but I think they ultimately get something done uh, for that late December, early January start time, at least. I, I would think, I would hope. But then again, we have to see where we are as you know, a country uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of this, uh, this, this coronavirus stuff. So that's, uh, that's a huge uh, thing, because er- things are changing every single day. And who knows in, in another month or two if we're going to be any, uh, any better off.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the scenario too for the players is they want the NBA. The NBA would love to have fans in stands, right? Um, but they're smart. They're not going to push the envelope like some other leagues have. Um, they don't want to do a whole a bubble for the entire season, like a big bubble. Yeah. They've talked about regionalized bubbles. Um, you know, putting eight teams in like a pod, so to speak, and you have a little regional bubble you play through your pod and then ship out some teams to the other region. The other teams come in and you rotate around and that's how season is yeah. done. Or, you know, your team is your bubble. They do it the NFL way where, you know, you, you have to try and each team is tries to be its own little bubble, no fans in stands. And cause it's an indoor sport, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not like, you know, the NFL where, Hey, some can have fans. Some can't because you're in open air, you're inside. Um, yeah, and you just and you travel and you play like normal, just with no fans, uh, and everybody has to be cautious. That's all the little kinks that have to be worked out here. Um, so we'll see. I, I I think I think they probably do start Christmas Day just because of the money that's at stake, and they'll they'll figure it out. Uh, and I trust the NBA to figure it out. <laughs> they yeah. the, I I might trust them more than I trust some governments to figure, <laughs> figure this stuff out. Um, off season thing for. The NBA, though, big news this week. Mike D'Antoni, who had been on the street, uh, has signed as the assistant coach with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, or as I've been like to say, he has signed as the backup coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Because I think when Kyrie and KD get sick of uh, trying to be coached up by a contemporary, uh, or if if the Nets start out poorly, uh, Nash is just the fall guy. <laughs> and yeah. D'Antoni, step right up. Um, I I think it's really interesting now because there's a million trade scenarios. We were already talking about the Rockets maybe doing a deal when we thought D'Antoni was going to go to the Sixers and getting Harden there, swapping Embiid out or Simmons out because they they wouldn't fit D'Antoni's system. Now he's in Brooklyn. How much do they want to build a team in his style? Maybe Steve Nash is on board. I mean, Nash played for D'Antoni, right? I mean, he knows what what the strengths of those offenses can do. Um, do they try and make moves with the Rockets? And I was peeking around at this and I had I I had it I had two a realistic scenario of bringing James Harden to to Brooklyn and you ship Kyrie Kyrie leaves no matter what. You get Kyrie out of there. Um, leaves no matter what. Um, but I also had this pie in the sky like dream scenario of you bring in Westbrook and Harden to play with Durant. You reunite that big three and they win a championship in Brooklyn. I think That's a dream. OKC would explode and Seattle fans would be like, Now nah, you know how we feel. Um but the reason I do think a trade is really possible, I, I pulled up um our good friend of the show, Matt Murphy, who is our, our Expert capologist and uh, you know draft insider as well. Um, we're going to have him on in a couple of weeks to break down the uh, the draft and in the offseason really in depth for the NBA. But he gave us this website, Trade NBA, uh, and it has uh, a lot of great resources and tools on it. So I I pulled up both teams. And I said, let me look at draft picks. What do the Nets have? What do the Rockets have? Because I know the Rockets have traded a million picks. To try and assemble that team now, which is why they're kind of like in a situation where they want to sell because they need to break up that roster. This is what the Nets have for draft capital. 2020, first rounder, second rounder. 2020 run, they have no first rounder, but they have one, two, three, four second round picks. Um. Oh, no, and, and a first round pick. 2022 round one round two 2023 round one round two 2024 one two three picks three picks in 20 or uh, two picks in 2025 two picks in 2026 they have a total of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 12 13 14 15 16 picks in the next six years in the next six years this is what the Rockets have they have no picks this year in the draft zero. They have no first-round picks next year. They have two second-rounders. In 2022, they have a first-rounder. In 2023, they have a first-rounder. No first-rounder in 2024. They have two second-rounders. And then they have no first-round picks in 2025 or 2026. They only have eight draft picks with only two first-rounders the next six years. If there's two teams that are able to make a trade and could make a trade work, it's those two, because the Nets are trying to win. They've got young guys that they could give to uh, that they could give to the Rockets who are under contract. They have some big salaries that they could dump. Uh, maybe we already know that they're kind of like sourish on Kyrie on on how he has been from the get go. Um, maybe they say, you know what, let's do it. Let's do it. And if Durant gets sold on the idea, would it work? No. (laughs) Would that team be Uh. successful? Probably not. I don't know if those three guys could actually play together. Maybe they've learned the lessons now, and they're like, we can make this work. Durant's been on a team like that with Golden State, so he knows how to be on a team that has multiple mouths that need to get fed um, and could kind of oversee that. Um, So was Steve Nash. Steve Nash was coaching there at the time. Um, So maybe it could work. I doubt it. But if, he, if, if Durant gets sold on that idea, if anyone in that organization is even thinking about it, whether it's bringing in Harden or whether it's trying to pull off this mega blockbuster and bring both those guys in and ship Kyrie out, um, if they believe it, the players will make it happen. All it will take is Durant saying, I want this to happen, and they'll make it happen. Like That's it's the way that league works. If they're sold on the idea that we want to play together again, it could happen.
1: Well, I'll I want you, it to be- happen there's zero chance Kyrie is not going to be a Brooklyn net for that next year. So if they, if they want to bring in another piece and get rid of some draft capital and also some of the other guys on the roster that are maybe that could potentially play, but won't play as much because those two guys are coming back and maybe they get a third piece, but there's no way Kyrie is leaving after all the hoopla that they've, the two of them have been through to get on the same team. There's just, wouldn't
0: it be crazy though? It would, it would be bananas.
1: Oh yeah. I mean it's I mean I need it, it I need uh, an
0: off season. I need like I need a picture of like James Harden had dinner with Kevin Durant and somebody could see him mouthing two max slots. <laughs> like you know, uh that that would be that'd be and then what would happen is the Rockets would then turn around and like trade Kyrie at the trade deadline to like Minnesota. <laughs> like, just, yeah,
1: I mean yeah. I, I think those two are uh those two are Velcro together for at least the this upcoming season and maybe the one beyond. Depending on how many problems they have, but uh, if they wanted to get a third piece, they definitely could. But I don't think Kyrie or Durant is moving after everything the two of them have done to get on that same team. And also, they went to Brooklyn. I mean, it's not like it's some like nationally recognized like this great franchise, the Nets. You know, uh, I think they could have gone to the Knicks and they didn't. Uh, instead, they went to the Nets. That says a lot about the Knicks. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, either one of them. Uh, I will be very surprised if either one of them are not on board with uh with the other one being traded I mean most notably they would not trade Durant um, oh no but Kyrie is n- Kyrie is not going anywhere
0: that team they would th- if they just if they traded Kyrie that team I think could win a title this year if they trade Kyrie no they way. could get yes no listen No have way. you seen you don't know, the, the way Dimwitty... And Levert, their young guys are really good. Not Kyrie, Kyrie does not empower them at all. He wants to trade them.
1: Like, yeah, well, they have uh,
0: such a good young nucleus. You just get, you if it it would no. never happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No. They are. They would be better off without Kyrie. They would. They'd, As
1: constituted now, if they didn't bring in like Harden or anybody, if they didn't have Kyrie, they'd be better off. Yes. I don't believe that. No way.
0: What? what, So you don't think, I mean, look what happened with the Celtics. You swapped out Kemba Walker for Kyrie. Are you telling me if you, if you don't have you choked against the
1: heat. So what does that mean?
0: You wouldn't, you would have choked against the Raptors instead (laughs) with Kyrie. I I just think, I think the Brooklyn nets, and there's no way to know this because it's not going to, there's no way to know. You can't get one. You can't get both without Kyrie. I think the nets are a better team. I do.
1: It might be a better team. They have no shot of winning a final.
0: Fine, maybe winning a title is too far, but will they be a better team? Yes, that team. That team would be a better functioning team.
1: The only reason I disagree is because Kyrie has his Wobby now in Durant, so I don't think Durant. Um, you know, Durant. I think. Although he did kind of, you know, ship off to get those two titles, he was very good in those seasons and those postseasons. So he did, I mean, he earned it in a way it still is annoying. But um, with him there, I think Kyrie is going to be strapped down more and and more engaged. At least uh, we'll see once they, you know, maybe they go on a, a losing skid. But because Durant is there and those two are just, they love each other so much and they're best friends and all this, I think uh, they they are much better off with Kyrie than not.
0: I just until I see Kyrie lead a team, he doesn't think there's anybody good he on the team. To lead,
1: though. He, he, doesn't he doesn't have to lead. He's not the leader. It's Durant. It's Durant's team.
0: Oh yeah, Durant because Durant can take the last shot now. He finally, Kyrie yeah, finally, he finally has a guy has who can who yeah. can take a last shot. Uh, I don't know. I just I just think that team. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens too with Nash being the coach. One,
1: I mean, he's not the coach. Kyrie has already told us this. Ugh. You know, it could be Kyrie's night one night to be the coach. Durant will be the coach another night.
0: You I know, maybe, I was...
1: maybe they give Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie a night too or something. This you is know, what they, I'm saying. Gonna...
0: That's why I think that's what's going to be wrong with that team. That type of attitude and mentality.
1: Yeah, but the problem is... Like, that comes have... from Kyrie. Yeah, it does, but they have so much talent that they're going to win games no matter what. That's the way the NBA works. It's all about talent.
0: Not that I'm going to be crying myself to sleep over the fact that the Nets are like floundering. But it's just like, I like their young team. They're a good young team. And honestly, they don't need Kyrie. Give them Durant. I would ship Kyrie out. They want to see what it's going to look like. I get it. It's not going to look pretty.
1: So do I. Because I want to see if they actually can be engaged and and get the other guys involved. I mean, Durant came from a Golden State team that had uh, Thompson, Draymond, Curry and you know they could they have their spats but ultimately if four or five guys that are on that roster that are all-stars talented and their ceiling is you know 10 championships right so I think I'm more intrigued with the idea of Kyrie and Durant because Kyrie I think will buy in more now that he has Durant there and he doesn't have to be the this guy that is like oh I went to my own I went to my own team and, and it didn't work out and I you know I got injured my team went to the the Eastern conference finals and almost beat LeBron. I, I think it's a different scenario where Duran is really the the, the, the main guy on this team. And Kyrie is that, you know, he's the Kyrie to LeBron. It's Kyrie to Duran. That's what it is.
0: It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of movement in the NBA. I, I think because of some of these moves, I think um, because of the strange offseason, a shortened off season, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, I think you could see a lot of trades. I think you could see a lot of creative scenarios, uh, play out. Uh, the draft is coming up very soon, November 18th. Uh, we do plan to have, uh, Matt Murphy on the show to break down the draft, um, and kind of do a team by team, uh, and player by player analysis. Uh, so we'll let you guys know when that's going to happen. Um, and we'll have a real, that'll be a full episode, deep dive, uh, on the NBA offseason. Um. So if you if you have NBA questions uh, send them to the show uh, ahead of time the 360 sports at gmail.com uh, and we can put those in the bank for our, for our draft expert to uh, to answer um, if you're watching with us live right now you can drop some comments uh, on the in the chat function for the stream we're live on Facebook YouTube periscope and twitch you can send us questions and comments through there um, and if you uh, can't catch the show live, you can watch it on all those platforms after the fact or subscribe to the 360 Sports Show podcast through your favorite podcasting platform. Um, So we do have a question here. This is from Pete uh, in Gansett, and he said, When you get to the NFL, which we are getting to right now, uh, a couple of questions. One, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing pretty well, and the Finns are in the hunt for the division. Why put Tua in now? Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is starting today for the Dolphins. Uh, and his second question is, uh, Bostic got a got pocket change, $12,000 fine for that hit on Andy Dalton. How is that a deterrent? Uh, we'll start with the the hit on Dalton. Uh, insanely dirty hit. Insanely dirty hit. Um, <laughs> I can't explain why he only got a $12,000 fine. I think that is a joke. That is an absolute joke. Now, I believe... Did he get, I can't remember now, did he get ejected from that game? Yes, he did, yeah. He did. So at least that happened. Uh, I know we had... um,
1: Or am I uh, mixing it? Am I mixing it? I'll double check on that. I'll double check on that.
0: I know a Falcons player got... Yeah, for Teddy Bridgewater. For the hit on Teddy Bridgewater, which I thought was good. Again, dirty hit. You know, and we can see it now. Uh, Now, do I want them to go overboard with that? And it's like a guy lays a clean hit, and just because it looks bad, we're going to kick guys out of games? I hope not. Um, uh, but I was the dirt, actual dirty hits, unnecessarily dirty hits to the head. Chuck those guys. Twelve thousand dollar fine. Let's look up what what Bostic is making, right? Um, I mean, I, I don't
1: know. Yes, he did get ejected. Just, just to uh, continue.
0: Okay, so let let let's let's see what his contract is. You know, how much twelve thousand dollars? How much of his contract is that? So well, cool- not much. According to Track, this year he is making a base salary of $960,000 uh, with bonuses and things like that. So he's he's likely to make $3.5 million. So $12,000 granted to a professional athlete. To us, it's a lot of money. To, to yeah. still a guy who's making $3 million, it's not that much. Uh, yeah, you got to have a bigger fine than that, man. I mean, a
1: fu- or something.
0: A hit, a hit like that, you know, twelve thousand bucks. What does that equate to? Is that equate equate to like an equipment violation? Oh, you wore mismatched socks. Yeah. You know, uh, that should at least be 50, 50 g's.
1: <laughs> if wearing <laughs> yeah. if wearing the wrong 100. cleats, if wearing like illegal cleats, illegal cleats. That's how we're describing it, which is insane. Is like five thousand, six thousand dollars then that hit needs to be maybe like a one gamer. I don't know. Like they're trying to get those hits out of the game, and that was super egregious. Like he's going into his slide, and like, yeah, it's just not good. I think you probably need to see a game or something. I don't think these twelve thousand dollar fines are going to make guys like, oh, better not do that. I'm going to get a fine twelve thousand bucks. Here you it's go. Like, it's you know, in the in the respective, it, it's three million. Get this. <laughs> Which do you think?
0: <laughs> This is insane. We're gonna. I'll tweet out this website as well. This is from. This is from the NFL. This is their operations website. This has their fine and fee uh, schedule for for things. This is actually kind of insane. So twelve thousand dollars is like the. Oh, for first offense, it falls into. I guess they, m- they missed have find him for a late hit. Because using a helmet or spearing, launching. Could be twenty grand, up to forty grand for a second offense, but get this: <laughs> fifteen grand for a quit in violation of using a personal message. Yeah. So you score a touchdown, you lift up your shirt, it says "Love you, Mom." Fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, but I want to go literally decapitate somebody on the field. Twelve thousand bucks.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> nice. Good message, NFL.
0: This is this is crazy. So we're gonna—I'll t- tweet this out right now. At 360 Sports Show, you can go check this out. This is the uh, NFL's fine schedule, their whole webpage. Um, I can't talk and type at the same time, so I'll do that in a second. Um, Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, To the other part of Pete's question about Tua, um, I think they probably had planned to put him in now anyways. They didn't want him to... And they told Ryan Fitzpatrick. They didn't tell him, like, hey, listen, you're our guy. They said this is going to be his team at some point. He knew he was just holding that Fitzpatrick was just going to be kind of holding that seat, warming that for him. I think maybe because the Dolphins were playing so well and Fitzpatrick was playing so well, he probably didn't see this coming. I don't think they were ever dishonest. I don't think they were ever dishonest with him. I don't think, you know – uh, Flores ever, you know, misled Fitzpatrick. I think he was just kind of caught off guard that it happened now. It's the right time. He's been going through, he got train- a training camp. Got to kind of learn throughout the regular season here. Uh, maybe they think he's ready. And guess what? You made that announcement. He had the bye week. Give him two weeks to prepare, and now he starts today. Um, I-, I think at this point, the Dolphins probably would have been better off just Letting Tua learn for the whole year. This year is a weird year anyways. Injuries and for things happen all over the place. Let Just let the guy sit. Fitzpatrick's playing well. You have a chance. But if they yeah. really want to get him in there and they feel like he's ready, why not? Um, I don't agree with it. I think I would have just ridden out with Fitzpatrick. Wait for Fitzpatrick to inevitably throw seven picks in a game, and there you go. <laughs> now, well, I, now you can I, put Tua in.
1: Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I just think it's like – It's kind of weird that it's, that they're doing this now Uh, like right when they're in the thick of it. I think the dolphins are playing well enough at this point that let this guy, especially he's coming off a big injury anyway, why not just give him the year and and you, you hope next year that uh, things are, you know, kind of close to being normal and you get a full off season, full training camp and you go in, you start next season, put him on the field and, and you're good to go. Um, uh, you know at the same token i guess uh i'm on i'm on both sides of it because I, I i see why they're doing it and i understand it we want to see what you have um and also the upside if he plays well i mean they could potentially win the division already if he plays well you could win him more uh you have a higher chance anyway because i mean look it's fits you know fitzpatrick is what he is i think everybody knows that um he's he's that guy that you kind of bridge together where exactly what the dolphins are doing you know you have this top pick uh, who's going to play at some point in time, and so you bridge it together with with Fitzpatrick. You let him play half the season, and you let Takabayaloa go. Um, I think the upside there is huge. It's just a matter of we see the injuries this year and stuff. I would just be skeptical from the Dolphins that he's going to get re-injured or something, and then there goes your future again. How long has it been since they had a quarterback? Since, like, Marino? Like 20 years? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm willing to take that risk in this oddball year, especially when you're, you're doing fine as it is, just let them sit there and, and kind of take it all in and then go and play next year. But uh, I'm excited to watch, you know, I'll say that I think the, the upside is huge and, you know, I I hope he plays well. Um, but I, I just, uh, it might be too soon. We'll, you know, time will tell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out right away. The Rams are a good team. So, yeah. Uh, we're gonna know um I just tweeted out uh, at 360 sports show uh that website operations.nfl.com I'm gonna have to poke around on this Lord knows the insanity that probably permeates this stuff <laughs> NFL rules <laughs> talk about things that you could you know waste a day trying yeah. to figure out um I really it is offense against game official Wow you get 28 grand just for yelling at an official. First offense, physical contact, 35 grand. That makes sense because you don't want guys beating up on officials. You yeah. Like, but I mean Yeah. I mean it, 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 it's it's unbelievable how how it's some very of this, NFL how some of this I stuff mean... is is weighted, right? Second violation of uh not having a chin strap on correctly. Penalized basically just as much as if I try to kill a guy on the field. <laughs> yeah. The second time I have a chin strap on, I'm gonna get fined more than the first time I try to decapitate someone on the field. <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Hey, what a you know it's very NFL, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I have no explanation for some of their logic. So yeah, that's all I'll say. So, all
0: right. Well, that brings us now to pick time. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Christian, you slaughtered me last week. <laughs> uh, Another rough one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, this is bad. This is really bad. Now, Lifetime, I, I both of our track records are very good with, with picking the games. Uh, and on the season as a whole, we're both doing very well. But back-to-back weeks, I have, I have not... I've made some, some predictions that have just, not only have they not come to fruition, they have gone horribly in the other direction. I will give you this, at least a little, little smidge of credit, the Jets put up more of a fight than I think anybody thought they would against the Bills, and that was exactly the ugly type of game that I told everybody not to watch. I didn't watch a single second of it, because it was ugly.
1: Uh it was closer than I expected. I refuse to give anyone, including you, credit for picking the Jets. So that's where I'll start and end on that one.
0: <laughs> uh fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. All of our head-to-head matchups, the only ones I got right were Arizona, which that game was phenomenal. That that Sunday night game was epic. Uh, and then I the the Rams. But everything else, uh yeah, you kidding me. Green Bay. Tampa rolled Buffalo beat the jets Pittsburgh outlast Tennessee Cleveland smoked Cincy Detroit beat Atlanta oh my god talk about two teams that I think like embody like losing is oh yeah uh, you know the Falcons uh not just deciding to run the clock out and then the the Lions like wanting them to score and you get defensive players with their hands up like yes we <laughs> let up a touchdown please <laughs> please call the touchdown uh nothing nothing embodies either of those teams more um, so Christian, if you want to go ahead, uh, if you want to pull up the schedule, uh, we can it up. we can begin going through this. Uh, if you want to call out the games, uh, Thursday already happened. Atlanta beat Carolina on Thursday night. That game was decent. Uh, it was a decent game, uh, but in, in in the rain,
1: <laughs> it wasn't it was horrible. It was a slop fest though, because just because of the weather and everything, Bridgewater got hurt. So
0: it was decent. It was. There have been far worse Thursday night football games uh so but yeah be... i
1: mean we had jets and what i don't even remember at this point it was so bad
0: so uh what is our first matchup here
1: so buffalo new england i'll move that to the end here so we'll go right to tennessee at cincinnati tennessee at cincinnati
0: uh this one's easy for me Tennessee the bengal's
1: guy over there yeah let's go um, with... yeah and... you gotta stick with joe burrow he's your guy cincinnati's the pick right
0: I I want to, but I think Tennessee's got to bounce back. Right. I mean, that was kind of a, you know, an up and down game for them, uh, versus the Steelers. Um, you know, kickers, man, kickers had a rough week again last week. Um, I don't know. I, I I just, they can't, since he can't protect Joe Burrow and until they do that, they're not going to win a lot of games. So Joe Burrow's going to play great. I think this could be a really, this could be a good game. Um, but I, I, I see Tennessee bouncing back. So
1: Yeah, I, I think Burrow's an absolute stud. Uh, Unfortunately for him, he got drafted by Cincinnati, which kind of blows because he wastes all that talent. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee, Cincinnati blows. All right. Bur- Burrow can't carry that whole team by himself. It's not going to work.
0: No, no. He could if he had protection, but he, do- he doesn't. Yeah. You at least need to keep your quarterback upright to have a chance. That's the same thing that, that happened with, you know, uh, um... Having a brain fart. Uh, Bridgewater. You know, the, everybody, yeah. everybody knew the Falcons were, you know, were gonna. I think it was like late in the in that game. It was like, oh, you know, what a great win by the Panthers. And someone was like, yes, I know the Falcons are up, but come on, do we really think this is gonna, is <laughs> gonna, happen? and but the the Panthers couldn't keep Bridgewater on on his feet. He didn't have more than like a second to throw the ball. Can't. Yeah. Pro- if you, if it you, doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you have, if you can't protect him, you're not gonna win. So, next.
1: Next, Las Vegas at Cleveland. Ooh,
0: sneaky good game. I think this could be a sneaky good game. At Cleveland.
1: Jays out for the year.
0: I think that helps them, honestly.
1: I He, I wasn't, I don't,
0: he, he was, like, not doing I anything. It, I don't think it
1: helps, but I don't think it hurts as much as, you know, you would think.
0: Um, hmm, Las Vegas wants to get right. Ah. I'm going to go Cleveland, you know, I, I think at home, you know, what, what does me at home mean nowadays, but um, Mayfield's been on fire. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with that a little bit right now um, and, and, and go with Cleveland. Um, good game though. I think this, this could be another good game.
1: Yeah. Um, this is a tough one. Cause I feel like Las Vegas just got smoked by Brady they, Las Vegas is this weird team where they, like, go week to week where they blow somebody out, and then they just have a putrid week, so it's really hard to get a read on them. I'll say – I'll take Cleveland. Why not? You know, they got to go on the road again. Yeah. They just got blown out by Brady. I wouldn't be surprised if Cle- Cleveland just comes out and lays a huge egg today, but both these teams are, like, wishy-washy on, you know, week to week. Well, I want to
0: see what – I mean, we've got the big – I know later we've got the, the Pittsburgh – baltimore game i want to see what the standings though are for the afc north um this is a big game for the browns i mean they can get to six wins you know they're they're gonna probably they're gonna put themselves you know they're gonna keep pace basically uh in the afc north they lose now they start they'll they'll fall back to the pack a little bit um but
1: big game for them
0: so yeah could they lay an egg totally (laughs)
1: I think but, both them both these teams could. That's the trouble. Well is... what's
0: weird about Las Vegas is like they were in that game. And then the fourth quarter like that game just like got away in a hurry for them in the fourth yeah. quarter. It it was it, it was insane. Um <laughs> We'll talk about the Bucks and more about Antonio Brown when we get to them. But we said last week leading into that game, like they that offense doesn't need him. And then they proved it. Yeah, um, they don't have, yeah. So anyway, I think we're both gonna take Cleveland, right?
1: Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. All right. Next. Then we go Indy at Detroit. Ugh. Detroit coming off a big win against <laughs> the uh, the uh, uh. super highly touted Falcons.
0: That win should only count for half.
1: You um, know what? The, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Lions are three and three this year. They're not out of it yet.
0: Really? I yeah. just feel like I have I haven't seen them actually. I only they've won two in a row. Um, they don't have a shot at the playoffs though, because the NFC is so stacked. I mean, you're yeah. going to have a, you're going to have a six win team, get a divisional spot from the NFC East. And then you right. have, I think pretty much the entire NFC West is going to make the playoffs oh, with, the, yeah. with the expanded playoff field. I mean, the Seahawks Cardinals Rams, all five wins, the Niners right on their heels. Um, can the bears keep up their pace? They're five and two. Packers are five and one. Uh, the Lions, I think, don't have a shot uh, unless they they go on a tear. Which, uh, looking at their schedule, they've got the Colts this week. They got Vikings, Washington, Panthers, Texans, Bears, Packers, Titans, Bucks. Like, no, not happening. So, um, uh, today against Indy. Indy's been up and down too. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make of them.
1: Uh, Philip Rivers should is definitely. Ready to retire, but
0: they're four and two as well. I just feel like they haven't played well.
1: Yeah, they're they're a team that I want to pick based on their roster, and then I look at the actual product, and I'm just like,
0: eh. like their performances are are haphazard. Um ugh.
1: I'm still gonna pick them. I I, I, uh, I just don't believe in that Detroit. I don't know. Like they they have some good wins there, you know, most notably against Arizona, but. At the end of the day, I just don't trust Patricia. I love Matthew Stafford. I think Stafford is way better than you 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 know anybody thinks. He's, he's the, with the Lions.
0: He's the new Philip Rivers. <laughs> he's gonna be yeah, the guy yeah. that just puts up great numbers and is just in complete squalor with another team. But you know what? I'm picking Detroit. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Ooh.
1: Let's hope this is the same feeling that you had when Cleveland was going to Pittsburgh.
0: (laughs) That Detroit's gonna make me lose. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm gonna go Detroit. Just got a feeling.
1: All right. Moving along. Minnesota at Green Bay. Theoretically, this should be a good game, but I don't trust either of these teams, and Minnesota right now sucks.
0: Talk about beholding to analytics to come full circle. The Vikings are letting the computers run the show. Uh, I don't trust that at all. Uh, And the thing is, Zimmer's a good actual coach. Whoever got in his ear to just like, you know, oh, we should go for it in this situation and not kick a field goal. Or we should go for two here for this random for – you know, if we – the odds say, you know, when we – if we make this, our – I don't care. Use your brain. Um, Green Bay, all the way.
1: Yeah, Green Bay, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Uh. Next. The Jets. Oh, this is a good one. Let's I, I want to see you pick the Jets this week. The Jets at Kansas City. <laughs> they, uh, what's,
0: the, <laughs> what's the line on that game?
1: Oh god. Do I even want to look? Let's see. Let's see. The Chiefs I mean... at least you know on ESPN are minus 19 and a half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh... If you were a betting man, yeah, that might be worth. I might, would take the points honestly. I might. I might. You could be. You could. You could talk me into. I don't know if I even. I don't even know if that's. I'm actually surprised that the line's not higher. What's the biggest line? These are like sports betting questions. Uh, you know, what's the largest line ever? I feel like this is like the Chiefs versus the some of these uh, biggest NFL line uh ever it's gonna probably pull up like football the largest point spread in NFL history was in 2013 when the Denver Broncos were 28 point home favorites over can you guess the team
1: Patriots the Jets
0: <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars
1: uh, it had to be Jets or Jaguars but I think the Jets were okay
0: now I, now I want to look up this game I want to see. Did, did, did... People thought that this game today for the Chiefs could have been higher. Uh, da, 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 da.
1: Let's see. Did, did, did... I feel like the Chiefs, you take their score, I feel like they should be like 32 and a half favorites. Yeah.
0: The Broncos were averaging 46 points per game at the time. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I I can't, you could maybe talk me into taking the points. The jets have no shot. Does Adam Gase get fired? Finally? We'll see. Nope.
1: Tank for Lawrence. That's what they're doing.
0: Uh, Uh, who's got COVID. We didn't even hit on that. I completely forgot about that. And quick, quick sidebar college football sidebar here. Clemson pulled out the win yesterday after being down, uh, 13 points, uh, what would have been interesting to see happen is Clemson say loses that game to BC. How does that throw a wrench into like the rankings for the football playoff? Right? Like, do you have to say like, well, they lost to BC, but they didn't have Lawrence. So how do we weigh that? Like we haven't had too much of that come into play yet, but that's, what's going to be interesting. Like if Alabama lost and like, didn't get to have Nick Saban on the sideline, how do you weight that against their schedule and rankings? Um, That's what's going to be really interesting to see play out is if more guys miss games or teams start losing games because of it. How do you wait their Their win loss record. I don't know toughest year to be one of those people on that committee. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's a little sidebar college football note. Uh, All right. We're both taking the chiefs next.
1: Los Angeles at Miami. Game we were just talking about earlier.
0: This one's easy, Rams. <laughs> I,
1: you know what?
0: I, I I don't I don't think I don't think I, I like Tua. I just think this is going to be a really tough matchup for him. He's going to have to put up points, and you're going to have to do a lot. I don't I don't like this matchup. I'd want him to get the start with a cupcake team, not the Rams. Sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm pre- I'm prepared to give you some help this week, so I'm going to say Miami. A gift. The Rams go cross country. They got to go to that, that that place called Florida. I don't know. All I'll right. take Miami. I'll take my chances. And then All the right. game of the week here probably Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Tough game.
0: Well, I said last week that Big game. Hmm. Whoever won that Titan Steelers game was the best team in the AFC. Steelers won that game. Now they play Baltimore. Who has got a good record, but I think yep, five and one. They're not, they're not what they were last year, um, where it just seemed like this wagon. Um, I don't know.
1: I'm gonna this take is... uh, Pittsburgh because I, you know, I've yet to go against them, and right now I think they're the favorites in the AFC, even yeah. above KC. I think they they're just rolling, and they got a lot of talent. I mean Fitzpatrick on uh, Minka Fitzpatrick on defense has made a huge impact on their defense um and right now i just they're rolling and i'm not going to pick against them i I just don't i don't think the ravens are quite up to where they were last year with all this hype around them i just don't feel like it's the same year and i think you know pittsburgh right now is just they're just rolling
0: i agree i agree and until the steelers like (laughs) until they lose um you know Mm -hmm. they 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 look they look good Very surprised by Ben Roethlisberger's play. I thought... He's been good. Coming off quarantine, that dude usually, you know, he's packing on the pounds anyways. He's not not a health nut like Tom Brady. You know, that's the guy who I expected to, like, blow out a calf in, like, the first week of the season. I know it. From inactivity. But maybe he's just... Nothing really changed for him. You know, yeah, he's his element. If, if if your routine is to not work out, <laughs> just you know, you're he's, good. He's good. He's more conditioned for this year than anybody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm going Pittsburgh as well. So
1: all righty, moving right along, Los Angeles again at Denver. Chargers at Denver. Easy one for me. Hmm. I. The Chargers have not impressed me, and I think if they get a new coach in there, they're in good shape. But, man, I, Herbert you th- you has think been... It's,
0: you think it's Lynn's fault? You think, you think he's a bad coach?
1: Yeah, not impressed. <sighs> they've the, They've had the same problems for like two years where they don't know how to win games late, and I think that has to come down at some point to coaching.
0: But they, they turn over the coach. It's like one of those things, it's like they're... It's just like something institutionally. It's inside them. It's like, it's well, like the yes, brown. It's like the Browns' problems with quarterbacks. D- d- like you know, it's the same.
1: If you turn one, if you take one dumb coach, fire him for another dumb coach, you're gonna get a dumb coach, right? That's you know.
0: <sighs> but is it decision? Like I, I'd feel that way if it was decision making. Uh, I just, I don't know. What's their record? Are they like two and six? Two and four. Two and four.
1: And they could easily be four and two.
0: Yeah, I like Anthony Lynn. I think I think he's a good. I think he's a good coach. Like um,
1: you, just look at their four losses. Uh, they they were against Kansas City. They lost by three. Versus the Panthers, they lost by five. Versus the Bucks, they lost by a touchdown. Versus the Saints, they lost by a field goal. So these spreads are so low for all their losses. Where if they just make that one play, I think they could be there. Where they're you know. Well, you name it 5 and 1 4 and 2 cuz yeah. they have good talent on offense and they have some players on defense as well
0: yeah well their kicker missing you know a field goal at the end of Monday night football like that's Well yeah like, that doesn't it's help that's but, not on coaching um
1: no but i don't think Anthony Lynn's. yeah
0: yeah i don't know i i i'm going to pick them today i think Justin Herbert has been phenomenal like yeah he's one he's one of my
1: favorite players to watch right now
0: lights out he looks like a 14 year old like he looks like a freshman in high school and he's he's a rail um the ball just talk about the eye test. The ball just pops. Out of His just pops. I mean, his deep yeah. ball is is phenomenal. Um, and I know we 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 were high on him. I know Brad Kelly, our, our NFL draft expert uh, who works for uh, Pro Football Magazine and, and Cover One. Um, he broke down all the quarterbacks, and he really thought Herbert would be uh you know a good fit somewhere where he could kind of you know he wasn't going to start right away. Wasn't sure if he had starter material right out of the gate
1: yeah
0: Um, he's he's been the best quarterback out of this draft so far i mean we haven't seen we haven't seen you know what what some of the other guys can do we'll find out what tua has today um so impressed with with not just his his deep ball his accuracy but his poise and he's kind of got that russell wilson thing like when russell wilson throws the deep ball that ball like (laughs) we it just takes off yeah satellite shot like it goes out of frame uh herbert's kind of got that same thing uh really 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 fun to watch uh he's gonna put on some weight because he does situationally like to scramble and run the ball um one too many hits to that shoulder man just ask aaron Rodgers and jimmy g what that's like
1: so i don't know um, he's 6'6 236 so that's pretty good he's a pretty big boy
0: yeah but he doesn't have it up here you know it just doesn't Uh, yeah yeah i mean (laughs) he's what
1: 21 22
0: yeah um unbelievable though unbelievable can you believe
1: he was born in 1998 does that make you feel old no, like
0: honestly, no. At least he's the '90s. You tell me he was born in like 2001, right? That's that. Those are the those are the kids, like now, <laughs> yeah. you know that that were born like in the 2000s. That's when I'm gonna start being like, oh my god, you know. It's still as long as it's 1990. Okay, I'm cool with. How about the fact that he was born in 1998 and Tom Brady was born in 1975?
1: I know it. That's insane. <laughs> Uh, he's crazy. been very, very good though. Like he, uh, uh, 12 touchdowns of three picks. Like he's been, he, it's not like he's coming in and you know, he doesn't look ready to go. I mean, he looks like an NFL quarterback right out of the gate. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we're getting, we're getting away from the topic. here. Are you taking the yeah. chargers? Chargers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Same. Next up.
1: New Orleans at Chicago. Oh, this is a, this is two
0: teams that want to be good, that have good records that I actually think both suck. Um, Hmm. I'm gonna take the Bears. I just I, I something's not right with New Orleans. I don't know what it is. I don't is Michael Thomas playing today? Uh, who the hell
1: knows? It's like a a daily thing down there. Is I know Emmanuel Sanders, who tested positive, is out. Uh but I, I have not heard on Michael Thomas. I haven't seen that he's out, so I would assume that he is probably back.
0: Da, 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 da. No, he's not playing.
1: Oh yep, yeah, there it is. Okay. Wow. So I don't
0: know. I, I I just don't I yeah. just I, I just don't trust New Orleans. That Chicago defense is good. Uh I feel like this is a game where Drew ah. Brees is gonna get like shillelied by <laughs> Khalil Mack. So I'm I'm going Chicago.
1: I just worry about as weird as this is Nick Foles. Like he has some weird games. Like he throws he just He's been air mailing people wide open for whatever reason. He just airmails them into the stands. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, at home, though, I, I do like Chicago. I don't know. I think in especially, you know, you ask New Orleans to go on the road. Mm, I don't really, I don't necessarily think they are, uh, they're in their element when they're not in the dome there.
0: Yeah. All right. Next up.
1: Oh, let's see. San Fran at Seattle. Ooh,
0: this is going to be, let me check the line. on What's the, what's the line on this? Uh, da, 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 da.
1: Imagine the, Seahawks are at home. So.
0: Seahawks favored by a point and a half. Uh, the over under is 54. Honestly, it could be higher than that. Uh, yeah. I, I think Seattle wins. It's tough for me to pick against Russell Wilson, especially the way Seattle lost last week. Uh, yeah. I think they bounce back. I think the Niners probably are feeling more of themselves after beating Uh, a pretty hapless Patriots team last week. So um, high scoring. Yes. Uh, Niners will be able to put up numbers offensively against, against the Seattle defense. Um, But it's tough for me to pick against the Seahawks. So um, yeah. Seattle.
1: The only, yeah. The only reason I'm leaning Seattle is because the Seahawks have the, one of the worst secondaries in the league. And the Niners like to run a lot, Um, and their passing game has not been... I mean, Garoppolo was 20-25 last week, but the Patriots are are a shell themselves, let's be honest.
0: Yes. But where the Patriots um, at least came up and made tackles, I feel like all the things they want to do, little slants, little drag routes, George Kittle's going to catch that and now go for 20 yards, as opposed to... What is tackling, though? That's the thing.
1: (laughs) Patriots need to go back and learn what tackling is. Yeah. Um. It's a good. This is a tough. This is a tough pick. I'll go San Fran. Why not? I'll give you a week. You know, I feel kind of bad. You made some <laughs> really trash picks, so I feel like I got to give you a couple back. These are going to be my trash of the week here.
0: All right.
1: Next one. At least I didn't pick the Jets though. We're still saying that. <laughs> Dallas at Philly.
0: Yuck. 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 I this- refuse to pick
1: Dallas the rest of the year, no matter who they play, because I picked them like almost every week, and they always lose. So. Yeah, you'd
0: you, you think that with, with Dak out that Elliott would have been contributing more. Now, I don't know if it's because teams are just teeing off and they know they want to run the ball.
1: Did you but... see him get waxed? He he went for a block. Uh, I think it was last week. He, went, he stood in the pocket in front of Dalton and went for a block, and he got smacked. Just go see if you can find it. He got run over by someone. I don't know who it was. But he got obliterated, and I was just like, "Yeah, this team. You know, I, I don't know if I can ever pick them again."
0: Let's see if we can find this. How bad this is. Uh, that is a picture of a sandwich. Twitter. Why? I don't know. Nice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste my time trying to find that right now when Twitter's showing me pictures of sandwiches instead of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, yeah, I just if the Cowboys are bad, and they were they were they were a bad team before Dak got hurt. At least they were putting up numbers offensively and they were fun to watch because they were going to get down by 20 points and have to chuck the ball all over the place. Um, Philly, I think, is probably the best. They are the best team in that division. Um, and uh, I feel like Carson Wentz has been playing better. They're finding ways to win games. It really doesn't matter what their record is now. That division's so horrid. Um,
1: Where's that hit? See if you can, if you can hit it on that. So I, th- I think this is it. Oh, never mind. This that's not even it. Hey, buddy. I don't know why they said he he absolutely obliterated.
0: Oh, here we go. Like I I, one. I found I found it. Here we here we see. All right. Oh, oh my goodness! That is and being yeah. that is that is being retweeted right now.
1: He is, uh, he's a,
0: he's a, at 360 Sports Show. Go and watch this right now. How did I, how did I miss this? Uh, Wow. Old news if you hadn't seen it, but at 360 Sports Show on Twitter. We just retweeted that hit. Holy cow.
1: And And also, the other, you know what the other thing was weird about the Cowboys? he's,
0: He's just standing there too. Like, yeah. He's not a small dude. That's not like that's not like Danny Woodhead standing in there trying to take on like you know a middle linebacker. This is Ezekiel Elliott, but he's flat-footed. You know what I would? Is that a stunt? I think this is a.
1: Yeah, was right up. Yeah, stun up the middle.
0: Yeah, it's a stunt, so he didn't even see that guy coming, and that guy's got (laughs) a.
1: He annihilated him. But the other thing, the other thing that was weird, I don't know how you felt about this either. When Dalton got hit last week. Nobody on the Cowboys went up to this guy and said, Hey, what are you doing? That was a dirty hit. And oh, like, yeah. Kind of gave some pushback. And I thought that was kind of weird. It's like Bad luck. is this team actually a team? Like, you see a guy get hit like that, you immediately jump to his defense, right? Especially like offensive linemen, nobody. Nobody wins yeah. you know, went right over. No. So yeah, therefore, Dallas to me, uh, nope. I'm gonna go right away from them and pick them.
0: Do you think Mike McCarthy will get fired in the off season. This team should be waiting. I don't I'm sorry, so. the talent on that team? that Talk about, like, coaching being a factor. That team should not be as bad as it is. I know they lost Dak now, but before this. Yeah. Ugh. I don't I think know, so. I know one year is – he won't get fired in the middle of the year. But depending on who's available in the offseason from a coaching standpoint –
1: Gary Jones typically doesn't fire you after one year. Like, think about Jason Garrett. How long was he there when he shouldn't have been? So I doubt they fire him, but uh, I would say next year and beyond, he might want to look out, yeah. Ugh. All right.
0: Well, we're both taking Philly. Uh, what's left?
1: And then uh, before the Pats, we have one more here Monday night. Tampa Bay at the Giants. Who put this on
0: Monday night football?
1: I know, right? Yeah. Prime time
0: TB all the way. That's going yeah, to be a terrible game. That's
1: there's gonna... there's absolutely zero chance that the Giants win that game.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll get to see Daniel Jones trip again.
1: <laughs> yeah, He's too fast for his own good. He's <laughs>
0: too fast for his own good. Fastest man alive. Womp, 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 womp. All right. Circling back to the Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, again, what's the what's what's the weather like right now uh, in it's Buffalo? It's supposed to be
1: 40 to 50 mile an hour winds cloudy.
0: This is, yeah.
1: It's going to be a run heavy day.
0: Yeah, ugly, 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 ugly day up there. Um, I think, in a way, the elements will help the Patriots get back to the basics here. For whatever reason, the Patriots offense has looked wildly different from weeks one and two through... The, what we've seen recently, even yeah. against the Raiders. I think cam may have gotten hurt on that final play in Seattle, not major. I think maybe something in the shoulder, his throwing mechanics have been horrible since that game. I remember he threw a pick versus Oakland. That was terrible. Um, and so everybody's like looking at the last, like since he's come back from COVID, he was not throwing the ball. Well, before he got sick, um, yeah. And the offense just hasn't looked the same. They have not dedicatedly run the ball with him. Now, he's run the ball when it was necessary with, hey, they played man coverage, it's late in the game, I'm just going to make a play. But they have not decisively gone back to and used any of that option stuff, RPO, power power running with Cam. They haven't done it. They've tried to have more of a Patriots offense, which is not what you brought Cam Newton in to do if you want to have this timing and you want to have run the ball and then go play action and then kind of spread it out and, and just go with Jared Stidham. Yeah. Right. Um, you bring Cam Newton in to be Cam Newton. Now, I don't know if he's dinged up. I don't know if it's just bad play calling and bad coaching, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, but they have not used Cam Newton as Cam Newton. Um, if there's a time to get back to that and say, get right. It's today. <laughs> 50 mile an hour wins. They should be running Cam a lot. Because you know what? At this point, if you're ready to bench the guy anyways, what are you saving him for? If you're worried about him getting hurt, what do you care now? Uh, The dude, uh, he probably doesn't care about being preserved because he knows his job is on the line. His life in the NFL is on the line today. He won't care if they run him 40 times. He's going to want that because he needs to show something, right? Yeah. Um, So I think we get heavy dose of Cam today, like – uh, it's it's purposeful. It's not situational. It's no, the offense today is Cam Newton, as it should be going forward. If they want if they want to try and be successful this year, if the Patriots win and Cam plays really well, and he's Cam, then great. Uh, if Cam if they try to do what they've done the last couple weeks, then Cam's gonna look bad because that's just a style of offense that doesn't fit his. Talent at the moment, his skill set, um, and he's going to get benched, and he's probably going to get cut. Um,
1: well, not it's not even at the moment. So. Cam Newton has never been a guy that stands in the pocket and throws. He's not gonna, he's not a guy that stands in the pocket, throws all over the field. That's just not what Cam Newton is. So they're putting him in that spot to try to you know they're trying to run and then pass with Cam Newton. It's like it's it's not the same, you know. It's, yeah. it's he's not Russell guy, Wilson. He's not Russell Wilson. He's
0: He's not Kyler Murray. He's not a guy who's gonna like. Well, I can dink it over the field, and if I need to take off and run, I'll take off and run. No, that guy is a singular threat. He is the offense. He should be the offense, like we saw in weeks one and two.
1: I would like to see a a heavy dose of James White and Rex Burkhead, not in the backfield, and also Damian Harris in the backfield. He averaged like five and a half to six yards a carry last week. But because they got so far behind, they can't run them. Um, I would like to see more of Harris and Cam Newton with either RPOs or something. But, I mean, if you just look at the film of these last, like, few weeks, even going back to Las Vegas when the Patriots won that game, Newton hasn't been great. And it's not that he's just – you know, last year you could say guys aren't getting open. This year, if you look at the film, guys are getting open. Newton's not processing anything. You yeah. can't see the field. So, there, there's been time and time again where Harry and guys have been open on certain plays going across the middle of the field and he's not seeing them. And then there's plays where Demir Bird is wide the hell open and Newton's throwing it into the ground.
0: Yeah. So,
1: it's just you got to get him out of this element where he's just taking a two step drop, three step drop and sitting in the pocket for five, 10 seconds and he's just going to get killed back there. Yeah. So, you got to do something to take him out of that. And I don't know how you're going to help him see the field any better because that's – honestly, if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. You're not yeah. going to be able to help that. He's 30-something years old, right? So yeah. you've got to do something different this week, whether it's RPOs and you know play action, something. But, but Cam Newton just having him take five-step drops, get killed because he's hanging on to it. If he can't see the field at this point in his career, it's just not going to happen. You're yeah. better off – just throwing him back there. If you're going to go, you know, two and ten this season, two and sixteen, whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, you're better off just having the other guy back there.
0: Yeah, and I, and I wonder too. I mean, I know Newton said he never felt sick; he was asymptomatic. But we still know there's like COVID fog, like guys, you know, mentally aren't back uh, right uh, after having it. Um, now I don't know if asymptomatic people have experienced that or not. But it could definitely be a factor. Um,
1: it's and, possible, it, but it, the it, only problem with that argument is the Vegas game. If you go back and watch, he played the same yeah, way in that yeah, game. Yeah, true, true. So, so that was even yeah. before.
0: And, and it's, it comes down to mechanics too. Like his, his, his mechanics were really good the first two weeks. Yeah. Since then, I don't, like I said, I don't know if he got hurt. I don't know if something I, happened to that shoulder. Against he got yeah. he got bent around on that last play in seattle because he got his legs taken out from underneath him and then he got crushed um
1: yeah so i, don't know, if got, he I looks, don't know if
0: he's dealing with something
1: he looks like he has the yips though like he's just guys are wide open in the flat constantly oh, he i think he, he's, and he's part, chucking part of it into the ground
0: part of it is guys not being open in some situations. some situations other parts i think he doesn't trust himself and like yeah, that's said, what i think it is yeah and like you said if if, if that's the case gotta take him out So we'll see the other side of the equation though. Patriots defense last week, bad P you, Ooh, bad. That's not being talked about enough. The offense struggles that I think that can be solved defensively. This team has a big problem up front in their front seven. Huge. Now we expected that with the guys who left all the linebackers that either free agency or by opt outs, guys like Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower who cover up a lot in that front seven, not here. Um, they don't have, really, uh, any true defensive linemen. You have guys like Shalik Calhoun, Adam Butler. Yeah, they're tackles, but they're kind of like hybrid guys. I mean, these aren't big, beefy guys who are going to say, you mm. know, one guy in the middle to eat up the run. Two ga- You're trying to two-gap with Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy. Good players, not great. There is no one elite in that front seven right now.
1: No, no and one. their linebacking core is lacking. Jawan Bentley... Is he might be of my lifetime, he might be the worst linebacker I've ever seen. Oh
0: no, come on.
1: Yeah, he doesn't do anything well. He really what? doesn't. Are you
0: kidding? He's, yeah, he
1: doesn't do anything well.
0: He's I I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. just go
1: watch if you just watch the film and everything, he just he when you have two guys on, on both sides of the ball, you have your quarterback who can't see the field, and then you have your quarterback of the defense and Bentley who can't see the field. Do you remember You're Dante Hightower
0: at the beginning though? Remember people wanted Hightower cut? They wanted Dane Fletcher playing more than Dante yeah, Hightower. What year
1: is this for Bentley? Like it's three, only, four? It's I...
0: only year two. He basically didn't play his rookie year. He got hurt in like week two.
1: He's not good. I'll tell you that. I just watched, if I just rewatched the film and the staff, I'm, I'm more disappointed. I'm more disappointed by
0: Winovich. Chase Winovich should be, he, he, I don't know if he's hurt too. Uh, I mean, he his snap count has gone down. Uh, that guy was making a tremendous impact in the first couple of weeks of the season and now has disappeared. He's the guy that should be elevating. Um, because yeah, we, because
1: he was playing the run earlier in the year and he was holding edges. And then the last couple of weeks, uh, he's taken some bad reads where it's a play action. He bites on the run and then the guy's wide open. Like It happened time I, and time again last I think, week. I
0: think it's hard to make plays as a linebacker if you're Bentley in the middle, if your defensive line can't do anything. Your defensive line is getting pushed around. They got pushed around last week. They got bullied. So it you can't make many plays when the the offense is getting four or five yards from the get-go. So has Bentley been great? No. He's not winning. He's not going all pro. He's not going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, I don't think he's been terrible. I haven't looked. Now, I will say last week what was frustrating, there was times where him or other guys were, like, getting penetration. Uh, to the backfield, but then like a running back was making one cut, and like they weren't making plays. I thought there were more yeah. plays to be made, um, but I mean it was just a total collapse last week. Um, uh, up front, up up front. I mean the strength Not of this having... team. The strength of this team is its secondary. But if you can't get any sort of pressure, or you can't stop the run on early downs, then having a good secondary is worthless.
1: Well, people keep saying. Oh, well, they played so well against Kansas City. Yeah, because they're built for Kansas City. You look at Kansas exactly. City, they're not going to run the ball a thousand times. They're going to pass. They want to throw all over the field. Yeah. So you can just pack the, you know, the back. <laughs> you don't even have to put a front seven in there. It's going to be all cornerbacks yeah. or defensive backs of any kind. Uh, whereas the Niners, all they want to do is pretty much run and set up the pass. And yeah. the Patriots are not built for that. And You can clearly tell they miss Hightower. They miss Vannoy. They miss... Collins. They miss these guys in the middle as well as, you know, up front. Uh, even Danny Shelton. Like, I'm not saying Danny Shelton's in any great shake, but he certainly helped them last year in the run defense because he could he could clog up uh you know the front of that line. They're just getting pushed around. They yeah. they pretty much just got run over last week. Yeah. So
0: who are you taking in this game? The Bills. The Bills? Yeah. Why? You just, just total lack of faith in anything going right yeah I mean right? I
1: just the Patriots are just not doing anything well at the point at this point and uh, I, I the only thing that's that makes me hesitant is that the bills have a, a really good chance here to put a stamp on the division and really run away with it um, if they want to play uh, the right way I'm not convinced they do so I, it would not shock me if the bills say okay here's your division. The Patriots are are there for the taking at this point. You could knock them clear out right now of any sort of, of grip on this division. And I feel like the Bills have had these chances before for any team in the AFC East and they just can't they can't clamp down and do it. Uh, however, I think the Patriots are just in a, a royally bad spot right now. Just with in, in every facet. I mean, they're not doing really anything well. I mean Nick Folk. When Nick Folk is like you're in your top five ups of a week, you're in trouble. Uh, so I think you know, especially with the weather today, uh, I I have no faith in the Patriots right now. They're not doing anything well.
0: I'm picking the Pats only because of the weather and the fact that they're gonna have to just pound the ball uh, with Cam Newton because Cam Newton's gonna want to save his job. So I'm I'm optimistic of them having a bounce back game. I totally agree with you. I could see it totally going the other way. I could see the offense looking like it's looked the last couple weeks. They're totally inept. They get run over on defense, and they lose. If that happens, so I'm taking the Pats, but if that happens, if they lose and it looks bad, um, Stefan Gilmore's not playing today. Julian Edelman's not playing today. Those are two David guys. Harry's who- not playing. Um, do you think Gilmore gets traded by Tuesday? Should the Patriots just sell? Sell everything that you can. Uh, you have tons of cap space, try to tank, get a good draft, first round draft pick package that maybe try and get up and get Lawrence in the draft. Do you, do you start not that see Belichick would never tank, but he would just feel the team that he knows probably won't win that yeah. way. Those guys will try. He'll coach them up. We're going to try hard maximum effort every week. But I know that I'm, it's like how the Celtics did it. Danny Ainge, they didn't try to tank. They just fielded the team of guys
1: <laughs> who yeah. who
0: weren't going to win <laughs> for, for a year uh, and, and, and rolled with it um, and got a lottery pick. So uh, I think that's how Bill would probably do it. Um, do you just sell everything that you can?
1: I'm not there yet. Gilmore is definitely one that I might because of all of the defensive backs that you do have. I mean, Jawan Williams hasn't played in the last couple of weeks because there's too many guys out there. And then you also have uh, J.C. Jackson, who I think is a respectable player who hasn't been playing as much because, you know, you have all these defensive backs. So I think Gilmore's a guy that, you know, just based on the signs, he's sold, he's, his house is on the market, he's not playing all of a sudden because of a knee flare-up later in the latter half of the week. Um, very interesting to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone before that deadline. Uh, he's a guy that I would, I would definitely, you know, trim off. Um, but in terms of just, you know, go nuts and sell everything, uh, I'm not there yet just because, I, I don't like the draft history, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just look at the draft picks. They've all sucked here in the last, uh, you know, obviously this year.
0: Sure. But if you can package it for Trevor Lawrence, would are the you try to make that trade though? Would you, tra- would you trade essentially if you could, right? Yes. Well, who says that? I mean, we all expect the jets maybe to go, Oh, and 16. What if they don't? What, what if they don't have the number one pick, you know? So that's, yeah. that, that's, that's, it's a possibility. Um, who, depending on who you're trading with, um, what if, you know, would you, if you had the chance to, essentially, would you trade Stefan Gilmore for Trevor Lawrence? If you could? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think he's a guy they should, they, you know, Hey, thank you're you. not getting a sure. first rounder for him though. No, probably a second and a fifth is probably yeah. what, what, what you're looking at. Um, you know, thank you very much, Stefan Gilmore. I- I'd say they got value out of that contract. You know, highest paid defensive pl- contract uh, ever in franchise history. Worth it. Yeah, he's guy, very good. Guy helped Guy helped you get a ring. Helped you be very successful. Um, but cornerbacks, north of 30, usually start to decline. Not worth that money anymore. And if you can get picks for him, I'd do it. Oh, so, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm 100% not sold that they keep going. Uh, I'm not... I'm not clinging on to that one. I I would say he can he can you know be sold off. I'm not just I'm just not ready to trade all these guys. I mean it, another guy that I look at is, is Edelman. I think is cooked at this point. He keeps having these knee injuries and he's been a very very good player. But
0: the only team that'll give you anything for him is Tampa. Maybe like yeah. if you if you really wanted to get rid of him, but he's on such cheap money. I think unless he wanted to leave, um, I say probably after this week if they lose. Uh, I think they probably just shut him down and say, Yeah, hey, oh yeah. Get right, come back next year. You know? Um I just think of... it's time
1: I mean Harry's out this week too. So I think it's just time to see what you got in these young guys. Jacoby Myers, Myers, baby. General Big Jacoby Myers Day. All these guys are gonna be playing this week. Um yeah. Isaiah Zuber, like <laughs> this is what this is what you're left with. Gunna. Gunna Olszewski. Yeah, he's playing too, yeah. So all these guys are playing. So uh this is gonna be this is gonna be a, a very rough week. Patriots will be two and five and they'll be ready to shut it down. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh that is gonna do it uh for the show this weekend. Great show. If you uh were able to catch us live, we broadcast live starting at eleven AM on Sundays through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. And Twitch. You can uh, comment on those streams like people have to join us here uh, on the program and ask their questions. You can also always email the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com if you want to send us your thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. You can also email the show throughout the week and we can get to those uh, questions as well. Uh, If you couldn't catch us live, you can go back and watch on each of those platforms. The show is archived right there. And you can also subscribe to the 360 Sports Show podcast on your favorite podcast platform or by subscribing through Sounder FM. We know we have a few loyal fans on uh, on SoundCloud, and uh, we've transitioned away from SoundCloud and will now be on Sounder FM, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, NFL football starts in a couple of minutes, so uh, we'll see how right and how wrong we were picking the games. <laughs> Christian, uh, enjoy your Sunday, sir.
1: You too. Go Chargers.
0: <laughs> All right, that'll do it. He's Christian Lauber. I'm Andy Bazelli. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll catch you next weekend.